Are you ready to listen to my dad Joe and Uncle Justin talk about sports? <laughs> now on with the show. The Joe Mays and J Raff Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which have been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to the Joe Mays and J Raff Show. Boring. A <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time? With a focus on football. 36 yard line of Philly. Shotgun snap to Hertz. Dropping back. Only one person rushing. Hertz looking, standing still, winding up. Long pass that lands at the 20. No one is there. Zeros on the clock. It's over. It's over. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57 on a game-winning field goal. Trailing at 10 at the halftime stop, 24-14. They go on to win 38-35. What a game. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting here with me, as always, is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here, you know. It's uh, it's crazy. We were talking before the show. It's middle of April already. I know. Uh, April 16th, to be precise, episode 377 of the show. We've had a couple great shows back to back. Yeah. Uh, about a month ago, we and a were lot of joined, fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. About a month ago, we were joined by Chad Henney, uh, former NFL quarterback, two time Super Bowl champion. And we've gotten a gl- lot of great feedback that people really enjoyed that show. And we're glad people tuned in for that and have watched it after the fact. And we knew it would be a very popular episode, but we're glad that people enjoyed it. And then two weeks ago, we were joined by our 2022. Bracket champ, uh, Andy Hoffert won our tournament challenge uh, for March Madness a year ago. We're already now in debt to our winner from 2023, which is uh, Wilson assistant basketball coach Kevin Quimby, also a local local businessman. Uh, we will reach out to him, getting him his show shirt and getting him booked on the show. Uh, he should have a. I'm sure he can come up with a great topic for us to talk about. If he wants to join us, that's up right, to him. He right. doesn't have to, but that is part of the uh, the benefit of winning the challenge. So I did find a picture that popped up recently in, in my time hop of our past bracket challenge winners. Oh, gosh. Uh, and your wife was on there, which I couldn't recall. She must have passed on the opportunity to join us. I don't know. She feels like she was... She, was she slighted? Yeah, she think? feels like she was slighted, but... <laughs> well, yes, um, obviously my sister won at the beginning. Our dads won together in yeah. the same year. Uh, then back-to-back years, a buddy I played football with, Ryan Yanchosik, had won. Uh, I believe I got him his shirt, and he is now local. So if he would like to join us um, seven, eight years after the fact when he won back-to-back. Cashing in. The only thing, the topic has to be from seven or eight years ago. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> we have to we have to uh, kind of like reverse crystal ball it. Yeah. My, and then my aunt actually won two out of three years. Uh, aunt Steph won when she took Villanova all the way both years that oh, they wait. came out on top. So. NBA playoffs have been 
peppered with Villanova guys lately. Hey, like, yeah, you love them everywhere. To see it. Yeah. You love to see it. So I'm not going to spend much more time talking here, mostly because I've got to get up to the television to continue, continue our NCAA 14 dynasty year four with the FAU Owls. So we're going to talk a bunch of random quick hits tonight. That's what we're calling it. Kind of a potpourri, which we've done in the past. And um, we're going to start. I, I, let's start with the Phillies because our second okay. topic where we go back into Penn State, kind of piggybacking off of our discussion with Andy Hoffer two weeks ago, which we got great feedback from as well. They really loved Andy. They really loved the topic. They really loved our conversation. We have two comments that I didn't see two weeks ago from my dad and my uncle Dennis that we're going to talk about when we get to Penn State blue white and recruiting and all that good stuff. So let's start with the Phillies slow start, Justin. I'm going to transition over to the game okay. and I'm going to let you lead the way now, uh, begin our discussion of um, what's going on with the Phillies. Yeah, there's there's a few things going on. Um, one is like, and this is one of those old like baseball cliches is that it's not necessarily um, how many hits you have, it's when you get them. And honestly, up until um, like, today uh they they had been really struggling with their ability to get hits with uh runners in scoring position um even in some of their wins that w- that was a big struggle they leave a lot of guys stranded on base um however like today they were able to like keep getting hits and hits at the right time are, are really important um they also have been struggling with some of their starting pitching starting pitching hasn't been able to go deep in the games which puts a strain on the bullpen and so it's just kind of been it's kind of been a mess. Um, oh, FYI, Justin, we are playing UTEP. Okay, okay. Um, but like one of the things is like when they were this is a few days ago they were they were four and eight with a minus twenty two run differential. That's not going to get it done. N- not good. But somebody was like, you know, when the last time they were four and eight with a minus twenty two run differential was two thousand eight. I think last year. Oh, was it? Yes, last year? yes, yes. <laughs> so like. Yeah, and again, the run differential gets really distorted this early in the season. Um, you know, like today's game, for example, they're going to be plus nine for today. You know, like so they they might cut they that were run plus differential. 11, weren't they? They, they might have been. I, I forget. Fourteen to three. You're right. So. You're right. It ended up being fourteen three. Like, so you just if they can hang right around five hundred, because in reality they're four games under five hundred, which early in the season is a bunch of games, but like. You know, if they can hang around 500 and then start to get pieces back, Ranger Suarez is going to be pitching like um, some game simulation simulated games, right? So that that's good. His his progress has been good. The news, while further down in the uh, the rehab like schedule, uh, Andrew Painter has started throwing. I don't think he's been pitching, but he's been throwing and he's been pain free, which is good signs. You know, like so so those things in terms of helping the starting pitching come around. Um. Aaron Nola looked better today. Until now the fourth, yes, it, but then he got through and went six. Yeah, you know, you're like right, you're right. and and if Bohm makes the play at first, which again he's transitioning over there, but if Bohm makes the play at first, that inning doesn't unfold like that. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, but true. yes, there there are issues with with Nola in that fourth inning. Um, the but Nola he, fourth, man, but I he just... looked he looked much better today. And I know they were like, oh, you know, they got a big lead. Why wouldn't you leave him out there for the seventh? His pitch count is good. Why? Because you need him to get out there on a positive note. You know, like through six, you can put some of the bullpen guys in in low leverage situations. Yeah, that was a big. I hit. just got lit up. <laughs> um, and you can take Nola out, and it still be positive. If he goes back out there for the seventh, it needs to get pulled in the seventh. Then it just seems like oh, he struggled again. You know what I mean? So right. like. 
pull him out too early in that situation is is perfectly fine. Um, uh, so quickly before you continue yeah. today, this is related to the Phillies and you. Uh, so we had just gotten home. I told you from Natalie's soccer game. Yes. And oh gosh, that was dangerous. And I was upstairs when you texted me, and I, you know, I tried to clarify with you: Are you being yes. sarcastic? Right. Because right. I wasn't I was like, sure. I was like, if what was happening? Good was first good inning. <laughs> and because you know how we discuss things, it could be either. Yes. But then when you were like, no, it's good, and you said, told me what the score was, I was like, Natalie, Uncle Justin says you need to go down and put the Phillies game on. <laughs> and she went down, and she came up, and she's like, did you did you know? I was like, yeah, he told me. <laughs> so, like, that's funny. Oh, my gosh, he dropped it. Austin, Austin looked at the score and, like, did a double take. He's like, wait, the first inning? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I didn't get any points there. It started out really strong, but kind of faded unfortunately so yeah the Phillies have been frustrating what are they five and nine six and ten six and ten okay six and ten not great you know they have these weird games where they look like the team we thought they were going to be this year and switching again (laughs) yeah like I I agree they've been frustrating at times but it's also it's so early, you know. We're we're only in the middle of April. Um, you know, I was talking to my dad. My dad's like, I, I just want them to get to five hundred at the end of April, and I'm like, that would be great. Like, if they could be five hundred end of April, I'd I'd take that. You well, know, I said to you yesterday after their or no, two days ago after their win, I said just go six and four the rest of the year. Yeah, it doesn't sound great, but guess what? Six yeah. and four at the end of the year will get you places. Right, exactly. Um, you know, and and that's not far off from the you know where I say just win two out of three. You win two out of three, you end up in a really good spot. Um, and and so it's just I'm I'm while I'm not thrilled about the beginning, I'm not like super concerned yet. Um, we'll see. Um, what I loved today was that they scored nine in the first. And how many times have we seen, maybe not nine in the first from the Phillies, but like five or six or seven, and then they win the game like seven, six, you know? No, like they kept adding on. They scored nine in the first, and they scored five more, but I'm not sure sure they scored more than one or two in any other inning. Right. You know what I mean? It was like one here and one there. Like, and they just kept getting hits and kept getting hit. They times to getting more, too. Right, exactly. Cave almost hit another home run near the end of the game. How about Trey Turner having two... In infield singles in the same inning. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, I, I, you know, and I think he broke three bats. His first three at bats, I think he broke his bat today. I know people are frustrated with the slow start, but like we said, it's a long season. Yeah, but, and I also feel like, and, and I've been guilty of this too, thinking, man, I really thought Trey Turner would be better, and then they flash his stats up there. I know. I'm like, what I am know. I talking about? I know. I know. He he's been really good, um, and Stott has been really good. You know, like he is showing. That it's been really important yeah, and really big Stott, that he's he's he an everyday four, guy. Has he hit in every game? He has. 16. He led off with a home run today. Um, and then he also had a great play, I think, maybe in that fourth inning. Uh, he had a great play in the field behind second base. Um, yeah, so, like, it's it's exciting seeing some of the young guys come up. Yeah, um, Holmes looked really good. Oh, and Stott, so, like, Turner. we talked about the pitchers. You know, hopefully you should get Ranger back at some point. We would love to get – Painter in there somewhere, but don't rush him. 
And then, oh, yeah, you're going to add Bryce Harper back into the lineup right. at some point here. Right. So, like, it, it's that's that's awesome. I love seeing um, Nick Castellanos hitting the ball. Um, yeah. You know, like. I'd say the unfortunate offensive disappointments this year have been Schwarber and Real Muto. Yeah, yeah. Think Schwarber those- will come around, though. If Like, you remember last year, it, it took him a while for the numbers to kind of even out. But, like, he, he got he got there. And and Real Muto has been struggling, but I also remember he struggled the first part, first third of last season too, uh, and then he just came on fire. Um, and and he's had he didn't play yesterday in the loss, but he played on Friday and uh, today, and he played pretty well at the plate in both those games. Right, and and honestly, I need him more for controlling the pitchers, yeah. being a good defensive catcher. Yeah, like that's more important to me than offense. Right. With with right. the way that the Phillies are created. I don't. He doesn't have to carry the team that way. Yeah, exactly. Especially this year's Phillies, you know. So, um, I while it's not the ideal start, I'm not overly concerned, and I'm I'm confident that they'll be okay. Yeah. So I know people are freaking out. I have been, you know, friend of the show and uh, often a contributor here. He hasn't been on in a bit, so we'll have to get him back on. But uh, Paul Roberts, uh, who I think could be a closet Yankees fan I don't know that he puts his fandom out there but I just from the way that I can read him and I don't know that we've ever asked him I, I feel like he's a Yankees guy so I could be wrong there maybe oh, man that's guy. that's going that's going out on a limb because I feel like calling somebody a Yankees fan if they're not a Yankees fan is a big risk <laughs> well I honestly I don't know if he would ever admit to being a fan of anyone because you know he's your typical sports journalist sports broadcaster. I feel like I feel like where we would get him most likely to like I don't say admit, but like commit to something would be like professional. But even there, he'd probably tell us like who he used to root for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, true, I feel- true. Uh, but I mean, he definitely likes to to stick it to Philly fans. Oh, yeah, in, in particular the Philly the Phil- Phillies fans. Yes, I, I like I don't see it as much with the Eagles because I feel like he trends like in sort of a supportive way towards the Eagles. But I feel like for the Phillies, it's not a lot of like today. He was posting about uh, what was it over under? Yeah, you know, it was eighty eight and a half, and people were talking about how cra- people thought they were crazy that they had him under ninety. Right. I but, wanted to, I wanted to reply. I wanted to be like, "Did you take the under?" Like, yeah, right. Yeah, that's because he he loves his sports betting. Right, and right. we love to talk to him about it when we do have him on the show. We'll have to have him on again soon. But I, I just I only bring this up because I have been screenshotting and saving all of these things that he said negatively about the Phillies because I just want so badly to respond to that tweet. You know, five months from now, you're gonna you're gonna have a freezing. You want you want to have freezing. Uh, I'm hoping freezing for, cold a, take. for a old takes exposed yes. freezing cold takes. Um, you know, but it's all in fun because oh we yeah, love Paul. But I, I just. You know, I, I'm defensive of my teams, but I won't come out and say anything now because I don't want to look silly. Right, because if it like goes poorly. Right, because honestly, like, what can I say right now? You know, like that's basically what. Yeah, it comes they down haven't to. been good. They're six and ten. Right. I would like if they if that was flipped, I'd be ecstatic. If they were ten and oh, six my right now, oh, I'd be so thrilled. Yes, but they're not. But hopefully, they can dig themselves out of the hole they've created for themselves, and we'll see. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> But I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, to say about the Phillies' start to the year? Um, no. Hopefully, hopefully they can get some of these guys back uh, that are that are injured. Um, 
and I'm I'm hopeful that as as that happens, they can really kick it into the next gear. But um, you know, they're off to Chicago to play the White Sox, who I picked to win the AL Central. Um, I don't know that they will, obviously, but you know, so like you know, some tough games there. But they then they come home and play four against Colorado. Colorado's bad. So well, yeah, how crazy is that? We're done with the Reds. Yeah, yeah. Like the way that the schedule sets yep. out. That's that's really wacky. Here, here, and here's an underrated thing. Like, and who knows? It may not play out exactly like last year, but we played those division teams less this year. We less, played the yeah. Braves and Mets less this year. A combined, probably, I think it's something crazy. Like it might be six games less for each one, or something right. like that. Yeah. Um, that's twelve games against playoff teams. You know. Tw- now I know technically you could pick up, you know, other ones against playoff teams, but like when when you're talking about two division teams, you're probably not picking up twelve games against right. uh, playoff teams outside of that. So you know, like that that could could be a big factor if you're talking like a game or two here and there across the course. And you and I both picked them as like wild card style, so that could be big. Yeah, we'll see. I don't... It'll certainly be interesting. All right. Well, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say about uh, about the Phillies so far. Um, I'm happy with uh, – I mean, I'm not happy with it. I'm glad things are going a little bit better. But there's obviously a lot of work to be done. But a lot of that can be overcome uh, with the return of some of the guys that have been, been beat up or injured. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All oh, right. God. Well, I'm going to pull up here while you uh, try to finish this drive, Justin. I'm going to pull up our first question as it relates to Penn State stuff. We'll dive into blue and white talk, blue, white weekend, the scrimmage, the inner squad scrimmage that just happened yesterday in State College in Happy Valley. And two weeks ago, we had Andy Hofford on the show to talk about Penn State football in oh. general. Sorry. And there were a couple things that we uh, that we missed out on. Uh, we had comments that I just completely missed. I apologize for that. Um, let me see if there's – I don't want to miss anything from anyone right now. Nope, we don't have any questions at the moment. So uh, if anyone does have any questions, shoot them our way. But for now, we're going to go back in time two weeks and answer, answer a couple questions that were there for us. The first is from my uncle. And he said, I appreciate talk about the incoming talent at Penn State, but I would love to hear your thoughts about can James Franklin take us to that next level of getting to the playoffs, i.e. top four teams, not eight team playoff. So he wants to know, can basically can Penn State win the Big Ten and be, get one of those first round buys, not just make the college football playoff that's going to be 12 teams after this year. Can James Franklin take Penn State to a Big Ten championship and a and a first round bye in that expanded field? Okay, so not just can he do it this year, but like in general. In general, like, yeah. In so general. like, okay, um, yeah. You want me to go? Yeah, go right. Okay. Dive right. You dive right. Um, in. yeah, I think he can. Um, I there there are legitimate like criticisms that you can have. Um. You know, and and some of those have have reared their head. You know, like we we've seen, um, you know, come up at at times. We've talked about them on the show, like struggling out of the bye, struggling after 
um, a setback, you know, like losing a heartbreaker to Ohio state, which is tough games. We should have won, but then losing to Michigan state who we should not lose to, you know, like uh, things like that have been frustrating. However, I think if you look at it big picture, I think Franklin puts Penn State in a really good position to continue to get better. Um, I, I, I sent this to. I think I sent one to you this week, where it was a quote from the Franklin interviews. He had a bunch of interviews this week, um, and some of that he opened up about NIL. He's he's been as uh, transparent. Um, and I saw people talking about this, you know, in some of these interviews as he's ever been. And I think some of that might, might be his comfort factor with Pat Kraft as the AD. Right. Uh, and if they're on the same page, James can say some more of those and his contract situation. He can say some more of those things out loud. I know people complain about him, quote unquote, complaining about things, but like that was what he needed to do. And NIL and those things are coming like, you have to be a player in those games. I know people are like, "Oh, he can recruit," but listen, you have to be able to recruit. Like if you if if it's you not can't nineteen eighty five right if you can't recruit, you're not going to win. You might win all like here and there, but you're not gonna you're not gonna compete in, in to address this question. You're not going to compete for Big Ten championships regularly if you're not recruiting top. I I, I want to say top ten, top fifteen, top ten nationally every year. You know, like that's where you need to be. Right. And that's big business. Like it or not, that's kind of where that is right now. That being said, I think Franklin, in those regards, I think he's all those things that Penn State needs. Does that make sense? So, like, it's right. kind of crazy because, and again, we, we've talked about this a long time ago, and we don't need to talk about it a ton, but, like, Bill O'Brien was very good for Penn State at that time when he was there. He was the perfect and, coach at the right, right. time. Right and place, he right was time. he was everything they needed like on the field. He was that steadying force. He was a great like on the field coach oh, and, and all of that stuff. However, he and he made it clear from the start. So like I don't blame him for this. Like he made it clear that he wanted to be an NFL coach like from the start. Right. And so when he left for an NFL job, if he would have left for a college job, that would have really hurt. It hurt when he left for the NFL, but like you can't blame the guy. He wants to be an NFL coach. But that being said, when he like he didn't really want to do any of that other college football coaching stuff. You right. know, like he didn't want to be in the meetings with boosters or, you know, uh, doing the interviews here <laughs> and there, being the rah-rah guy. Like that's not him at all. And I, I don't mean to like belittle like Franklin's contributions because that that's selling it short too. Look at it. Let's just look at his track record. You know, like Penn State over the last, okay, the, there were two years, like, you know, two year, two seasons ago and three seasons ago, which were disappointing. One of those was a global pandemic, and they, which was wacky. For and they lost, so many and they reasons. lost their first game on a terrible call. Terrible call, wrong call. Oh, Flat and, out wrong. and your best player sat out for the year because the Big Ten w- screwed it up. Because Kevin Warren made it his one and only mistake as commissioner. Right. So, like, there was a lot wrong that year. But when we look at it, like, okay, so those two years aside, and I know that two years is a big thing, but they've made the – they've won a Big Ten championship. They That was a while, that was a while ago now. Um, 
But they've played in New Year's Six Bowls. They've been successful in New Year's Six Bowls. Like, I I think they're heading in the right track. And one of the things I said to you, and I think I said it to Andy and you two weeks ago, was last year was the necessary step from where we were two years ago. Right. You know, like, they weren't going to a playoff last year. Like, yes, I would have loved it, but, like, that wasn't, you know – it, it was disappointing at the end, you know, that they lost. They basically lost to the teams that were better than them and beat the teams that weren't. Right. And I know we get, uh, you know, a bunch of, well, when are we going to be better? <laughs> and I think that's what we're building to. You got to stack these recruiting classes. And to right. do that, you got to in, invest thing, in all that stuff. That is definitely the one thing that I've seen written about a lot is stacking the recruiting classes, and that's how you become Georgia and Alabama, essentially. Yeah. And Penn State's getting that. Now, are they stacking top five classes? No, but they're stacking, you know, top 15, top 12, right. top and 10. And you know what you do is then you need to be successful years after year. You need to get that next step, and then you start. Who knows where it goes? Right. So, yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I do think James Franklin is is the guy to take Penn State where they need to go. I know a lot was made out of him talking about becoming elite, and Penn State's not quite there yet. They're not a top five program. I would argue only Ohio State is in the Big Ten. I know yeah. Michigan's had a couple of successful years back-to-back, but that's a lot of – what have you done for me lately when people start talking about how great Michigan is all of a sudden? Because right. outside of the last two years, Michigan is not what Michigan was in the 80s and 90s and early, maybe early 2000s. Like, they're just not. No one, no one was scared of Michigan. No. It was Ohio State, and everyone was chasing them. I'm not sure that people aren't done chasing Ohio State. It seems absurd to think that way. Now, if Michigan does it for a third year, okay, now you're on something. Right. But is that when Harbaugh leaves? You know, But we're not here to talk about Michigan and Ohio State. I, I definitely think Franklin is the guy. I don't like when people doubt, doubt his abilities. Are there shortcomings? Yes. Very few coaches are perfect. Well, and like some of the things that people don't like, though, and I get that it's the on-field stuff, but like people complaining about the facilities and stuff. Who who do you think we're going to get that is going to be like, oh, yeah, the, I don't need any facilities upgrades. We don't need any booster money. We don't need any NIL money. Like, Right. Well, that's what who, I don't understand people who are – like you can complain as though this is college football in the 70s and 80s, but you're just going to be left behind. You're going to lose – this is an arms race. This is college football as an arms race. It has been for decades now, and it's just changed the way it looked. It, it's different. Before, it was coaches. Now, like, modern is now NIL. It was then, then it was this spread off offense. Now it's NIL. Like, if you're, if you're caught sleeping, you're going to get passed. Fumble return for a touchdown. I just by the saw way. that. Excellent. facilities and all that peripheral stuff. You can talk about how it should make sense. Only the stuff on the field matters, but the people that are playing on the field are the right. ones that are well, also concerned about the stuff off. the. I field. think Audrey wrote about how they had to convince uh, Danny Sutton to like, to uh, come to Penn state because they don't have like a player's door. Like he, he wasn't guranteed a room, a single oh, room. The defensive or something like that. Yeah. Danny Sutton. Yeah. Right. Who, 
who looks like a beast. Yes. After his uh, yes his play yesterday in the blue white game, Penn State could have the. I feel like they have the best defensive ends in the Big Ten. They could have the best defensive end room in the country if yeah. all plays out as we hope. And that would be incredible. I would uh, I would love for that to be a thing for Penn State to have just the the trio Whoa. of defensive ends they can trot out there with Isaac Robinson and Denny Sutton. Ooh. Right, right. And you know, and they, they man, we we talked about this again a little bit two weeks ago. It's going to be interesting because um, you're going to need you're going to need some young guys to step up because um, they did lose some some key contributors who have been there for a while. But we also got some key guys back for that extra year. You know, um, a lot of times we've had guys who who have left uh, what you and I would say maybe a year early that earlier than they should. Um, a lot of key guys came back for that year, this coming year. Yeah, so, shockingly so. Right, and I don't know what what that means for the future moving forward. Like, because the next year could be a little tough because you could have extra number of guys leaving. But that's where it comes into that importance of stacking, stacking the recruiting, recruiting classes. classes. Because if you've got key guys behind them, so so to look at that, they just got a top one hundred recruit running back commit today. Right, and um, that's after having the top PA running back commit for next recruiting class. Right. So like they already have like, you know, and, but that's where it, and this is another key piece. You look at Penn state and they're putting guys in the pros, right? right. Oh, and that's, and that's key Absolutely because guys huge. who were recruiting out oh, no. most of them, their end goal is to play in the NFL. Right. So um, you start putting guys at that position in the NFL, right. good things happen. I mean, we're seeing it now with defensive backs, right. Penn State's always been known for right. linebackers, and now they're getting right. known for running so, backs. Right when you've got guys like Micah Parsons and Saquon Barkley, and like and some of the tight ends, you know, like and you know some of the tight ends that oh we've had that God. have just put up freak numbers at the combine and at those workouts lately. Like that's all huge stuff. Really, really poor series by me there. Couldn't put it away, but yes, yeah, Penn State. We saw when James Franklin came in January 2014 how it was just a different recruiting beast. He was high energy. He was able to sell the program. He was able to pull in guys that we weren't used to Penn State pulling in. And it's paid off and it's gotten even better. So I I just it's hard for me to fathom that there's a huge contingent of people out there that don't think. James Franklin can get the job done. And then my question to them, and yep. Justin, you and I talk about we this talk all about the time. every year. Okay. You don't think James Franklin's getting the job done or or can get him into the elite category where you're always competing for Big Ten championships and getting into the college football playoff or specifically getting one of those first round buys. Right. Who are you going to get that right. is going to take him to the next and, level? And they don't have an answer to that, Joey. Right. And then the next thing becomes, well – you know, so like, and I know this is ridiculous because it, it's terrible. I'm just using it as an example. But if they're like, well, they should go get like, you know, somebody like Harbaugh, you know, well, okay. I, I mean, I know Harbaugh's at Michigan and that's his school he went to and all that stuff. But like, okay, so you're not drawing a guy away from another big time power five school, like, you know, a, a top five school, right? Like, you're not pulling a guy away from there. And if you are, what kind of money and things are you going to have to throw at them? You're going to have to throw all those things that Franklin's saying they need. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Everything that you don't want to pay for or you don't want to pay a coach more money or whatever, how can you 
say get rid of Franklin to bring in someone else. Also, that's not a slam dunk. How many times have program? I mean, just look at Florida. How many coaches yes. has Florida run through Texas? Yes. These teams were top Tennessee. tier 10, 15 years ago. Like we're talking te- Texas and Florida in the 2000s were dominant. Yes. And what have they done in the last 15 years? Yep. Exactly. I, it's The grass isn't always greener. And I know there's a lot of people, <clears throat> Paul Roberts, who have said <laughs> Penn State fans settle for just for a 10-win season and a trip to the Rose Bowl. If you're giving me that like every second or third year and you throw in a chip to the CFP, especially an expanded one, okay, I guess I'm settling for that. Right. Because like, there's only two, there's only two Alabama and Georgia. No one right. else is on their level. Right. No one. And, and again, to loop it around, Alabama and Georgia probably have, I don't know, two, three times the resources that Penn State has in football in terms of like boosters walking in and just writing checks. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't have access to that number, but I I'm willing to bet that that's what it is. You know what I mean? Like if you want to make money, you need to spend money. You want to yeah. win games, you better be spending in every yeah. aspect. And I know there's traditionalists that don't want to hear that, but I'm sorry, that's the way it is. Right. Right. Exactly. And that doesn't mean you have to do it the same way as everyone no, else. You could find a different way. Sure. Right. Right. And to set yourself apart and to keep your university like in your team to the standards that you feel they should be that like, I I have no problem with that, but like to say, Oh, we're not going to do that. Well, that's fine. Then we can go play in the Ivy league because they don't offer athletic scholarships. And like, you know, like, Hey, okay. Like that's fine. That's fine. Um, that's me being facetious, obviously, but like, you know what I mean? Like you, you can't have it both ways. You can't be like, Oh, well they should just be better. But all, but you know not what? Give him any all all the things that. that he's saying Come they need on. to do to be better, which are, which every team that's better would would say they have, like consistently, right? You know, okay, like that's that's there, and the and I know people people will be like, well, what about like TCU? Yeah, TCU. Look, you know how Flash they got so many. You know how many. You know how many like how they got all those transfers that helped with their their thing this year. Because they had boosters write NIL checks out the wazoo. And I know you're not allowed to recruit with NIL, but everybody knows how it works. You know, like, that's just the way it is. Drive where our lineman just decided not to block the blitzing linebacker. <laughs> yeah, so I, hopefully, Uncle Dennis, we answered your question. Sorry we didn't get to it two weeks ago. It just slipped by in the stream, in the chat. Uh, but my dad also had a question. This was also Penn State related, so we're gonna gonna tackle that here. Uh, and it's one I think we have touched on in the past. Justin, I'm trying to pull it up on my phone. Uh, I took a screenshot of it because he had texted me during the stream. I only saw it when we finished with Andy. Uh, so he said, "What are you guys thinking about USC and UCLA joining the league?" One, I was all for it when it broke. Uh, what was it last? Was it last summer? Yeah, last summer. When it came out in like June 2022 that USC and UCLA were joining the Big Ten, I was all for it because it adds exposure to the Big Ten. It adds two marquee names, whether or not UCLA, you consider them a top-tier football program. No. Basketball, yes. But USC is, in most people's eyes, a top-tier college football program. Top, Top 10, top 15. They just... You know, stole Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma a little over a year ago. They have the defending Heisman Trophy winner and odds-on 
right now number one pick in the 2024 draft in Caleb Williams, who transferred out of Oklahoma to go play with Lincoln Riley at USC. If he can put together some form of a defense, that program is going to be very strong. I don't don't bank on that with Lincoln Riley, though. <laughs> they are not joining the Big Ten until August 1st, 2024. Maybe it's July 1st. It's the summer of 2024. So we don't get that this year. But it's coming in 2024, which is the first year that there is an expanded college football playoff and it's going to feature 12 teams. It should open up avenues for recruiting for the Big Ten programs now that you have USC and UCLA in the conference. Teams that travel to play USC and UCLA, you're now being seen by the rich California recruiting territory. You're bringing in the media dollars. You know, Kevin Warren's you know, coup de gras or the greatest thing that he did for the Big Ten we saw at the end of last summer, early last fall, signing, what was it, some ridiculous $8 billion yeah. media teams, rights deal. Teams are going to be getting roughly like 80 to $100 million a year, I think. Just from media rights. Right. So uh, people message all the great athletic college football writers we talk about all the time. Not, not Audrey, who's fantastic for Penn State, but like the national writers. Um, Dr. Man, who handles, I think, Big Ten, Iowa and Big Ten in general. But um, what is it? Mandel and Feldman. Like they all do these college football recruiting mailbags. People are always complaining, you know. Maryland shouldn't have gone to the Big Ten. Rutgers shouldn't have gone to the Big Ten. Nebraska shouldn't have gone to the Big Ten. And then they basically are like, they wouldn't be getting half or less amount of money that they're getting now. Oh, yeah. But it's all about well, the money. It's not about Maryland's, the on-field results. Maryland had to pay $40 million to the ACC to leave. They got that in their first year deal in, in, in the Big Ten. Their first year. The old deal was $40 million a year. You know, like... Yeah, now more, now a decade later, it's more than doubled. Right. And 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 oh, in Maryland's athletic department in a whole, like honestly, the things that they used to be outstanding in, uh, like basketball and stuff, aren't necessarily there where they used to be. But like they're across the board, they're fairly strong, you know. Like, and that's because you have a healthy athletics budget because of the Big Ten deal. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I. I think USC and UCLA joining is a slam dunk. I know there's logistical issues, but the money oh, is too good for it to not right. work out. You know what helps you figure out those problems? $90 million TV deal every well, year. I also like, I laugh about it. You think the student athletes are like, I can't believe I have to go to California for right. my match. Right. Like, get out of here. Right. No, oh, like, man. Like, yeah. you might think that you're doing them someone a favor by being like, well, think about the travel and, and the lodging and the expenses and the, the jet lag and all this stuff. I mean, maybe none of that is appealing to you. I'm just going to take the leaving. onside kick here. Yeah, that's fine. Just so in case we don't get it, then right. I'll just be here. But, okay, maybe for the student athletes at USC and UCLA, it doesn't make as good of sense, maybe. But, I mean, their athletic departments are now oh, getting gosh. more money. That's what is the overriding factor for everything. But the other 14 Big Ten teams, all their student athletes outside of football that get to travel and play USC and UCLA in a lot of interesting sports right? that mean a lot in California, especially the Olympic yeah. uh, competitions, the, those Olympic sports, slam dunk. Well, I already saw they said with the money, with the money and stuff, could USC and UCLA, could they add uh, hockey? Like, could they add hockey teams? Oh, my gosh. That'd be um, awesome. Somebody said they don't think UCLA ever will. 
Well, I shouldn't say ever. They don't think they would, but they said they could see USC doing it. Um, Man, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, Arizona State has a team. Not right. That, that we're not so, talking about them. But. Right. But, like, it, it's one of those where I, I was pleased, and I honestly, I hope they add a couple more. Um, you know, it, it's the way it's going to go. They're going to form these few mega conferences. There's um, going to be, at most, three mega conferences right. and everyone else. Right. Um, I know we continue to look out west, but honestly, I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but like, don't overlook some of the ACC schools because the ACC's media deal is not that great. Um, and I, I see, the, you know, the, like the thing that prevents some, at least Penn State fan f- fantasies of getting some of our local teams in the Big Ten, I think, are generally the academic side of things. No, oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. like, how cool would it be to have like Virginia Tech? Yeah. Uh, join. I, I don't yeah. know. And I don't, this isn't me trashing Virginia Tech. I don't know if they meet that requirement, which, like, I believe every school that's in the Big Ten is a member of that. Yes. Well, I forget what it's, it's called. It's that elite club, yeah. like, certification thing. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. So um, I don't know what the schools out there right. meet that criteria because I know some one of those mailbags on the athletics, someone asked, like, should Missouri have joined the Big Ten? And they were like, the Big Ten didn't want Missouri. Right. Right, they wouldn't they take them. Meet the academic right. thresholds, right? And that's where like Nebraska, like it sounds crazy, but Nebraska did, you know. So like, I say it sounds crazy. I don't mean that as a knock on Nebraska, but like Nebraska yeah, wasn't you hear just that, Andy. You it hear wasn't. That? It wasn't just a random school. Is you know like it, it was them. Um, yeah, and that's where like you know what. And again, looking beyond football, but even even football at times, and hopefully again in the future, like teams like Stanford, you know, like. Some of those schools would be fun to have. Yeah, I think if you're into expanding the footprint outside of football and basketball, well, still, I mean, at least football. Stanford's had a few good years in the last decade. I know they're it's a little rough recently, but if if the Big Ten expands beyond 16 and gets to let's say 20, the four schools that I would most be most interested in that I believe is plausible without looking into the academic standing of some of the mid-Atlantic and Northeast schools, Stanford, Oregon. I know we talk about Washington, Washington State. That I guess there's a possibilities, but I think Stanford, Oregon, Notre Dame, if anyone could ever convince them, I mean, the only logical place for them to go is the Big Ten. There's so many rivalries there that it, it's just a perfect fit. And we'll see if NBC wants to keep ponying up money just to broadcast their games. Something could eventually force them to join a conference. I feel like we've been saying that for well, 30 years. And they but, can't get a buy now. Right. So Stanford, Oregon, Notre Dame. See, I don't I mean, we've seen schools split up between Washington and Washington State. Um, or maybe I don't know, Utah. I don't know. What what would what would be the are you in agreement that those three are, are the three of the big ones left out there? I to, agree. To add yeah. for yeah. academic prestige. Yeah, I know. Stanford brings a lot of the Olympic I know you, sports. You could look at like um you could look at like Cal or Oregon State Cal, again. Yeah, you know what? I was but, forgetting about Cal. Like Just, I think Stanford, Cal, Oregon, and Notre Dame, I think that would be the four. Washington, Washington State, Oregon State, Utah are probably in that next tier in terms of 
Pac-10, Pac-12 teams out there. I, I feel like it okay. would be fun. Like, selfishly, and doesn't necessarily make sense, but a team that I want. I want Colorado because my sister lives, like, 25 minutes from campus. And Deion Sanders and, is their head well, coach. Well, that, but, like, it would be fun to go to Penn State at Colorado, and I have a place to stay. So, like, that, w- that would be incredible. Right. So, that's uh, that's where I'm at for that. It would be fun maybe for you and I to come up with our uh, we, we I've texted you about this a little bit is to come up with our own conference. Yes. Like if this was our opportunity to create and like a regionally specific conference, not like this is a conference where I have, you know, Alabama. Georgia. Penn State, Ohio State. Like, I'm not saying pick the best, like, 16 teams. I'm saying pick up, like, where they, it used to all be regionalized. Right. What would be, in terms of a Penn State-centric view of a conference? You know, Paterno was proposing that in the late 80s before Penn State joined the Big Ten. What would be a Mid-Atlantic Northeast conference? Like, what would it be cool to see? A regionalized conference from the eyes of Penn State. And I, I messaged that to you, I think, a few weeks ago, yeah. my, my ideas on that. But I would love to put it on paper and, and an image to splash up on the screen that we could uh, we could show and just kind of talk through. And I wouldn't put any academic requirements on it. I would just say, you know, what what would make sense? I don't know that it would be realistic i mean obviously it's not realistic now it's not actually going to happen but if all things were equal and the way things were now were considered i don't think it would have the tv panache uh because I, you know i i would not be including michigan and ohio state most likely right. in that in that uh creation one they would never leave the big 10 but I don't know. It's a fun exercise. You know, we've done something similar in the past where we reorganized the NFL. Yeah. And then leave it to a couple of years later. We see that we see those articles that are basically very similar to some of the things we had said. Right. You, you kind of have to draw a line with you can preserve some rivalries. And we're going to see this in the Big Ten coming up with the addition of USC and UCLA, too. We're going to get a yep. new scheduling format. <clears throat> it's said by this happen. summer. It's said by this summer. Yeah, it so. should be happening very soon. So I don't know. Well, Justin and I continue to trudge along. FAU still undefeated and ranked. We should still be ranked number one. We didn't we drop, are. did we? We are. No, okay. we're one number one. So you're going to get this. And we're playing, one, we're playing one and eight rice. Oh, come on. We got to win this game. Can't lose this one. Hopefully we can plow through that. That, that game took a long time for some reason. Yeah, I know. I, I realized that too. I was like, ooh. I don't know why that game took so long, but yeah. So no other recent comments about anything. I mean, I hope, I hope we answered my uncle and my dad's question, Penn state specific. I I think adding USC and UCLA is a no brainer. I remember I was so excited last June when it came out that that was probably going to be happening because why not? There, there are two marquee names in college athletics you get one that's been historically really good at, at football and one that's been really good at basketball. Adding those two to the conference makes a lot of sense. It's tough for me to read things with a straight face, 
people trying to say that it's not a good idea. Right. Especially when we just talked about like the f- aspect of the money and how that's a reality. And like in terms of money, those were big gets. <laughs> like, yeah, huge. Gets. You got like the TV market of Southern California, man, can't ask for more. All right. My dad's giving us a rare thumbs up. So he All must right. agree that he's with us and we answered his question. I don't know if my uncle's listening. Hopefully he caught it. But Justin and I are very much on the team Franklin camp. We have been all in on him since he was hired. He was the guy that I had focused in on after Bill O'Brien left for the Texans job. He was the one I wanted. He's the one we got. And I can't say I've been disappointed. Obviously, there's been some issues here and there, game to game. There's been some seasons that have been better than others. I don't really hold 2020 or 2021 against him all that much. One is the pandemic season. The other, you got absolutely obliterated with injuries in one game that turned the season around. Yep. Uh, in the wrong in the wrong direction. And guess what? The team rebounded in a huge way the next year. Yeah, so, like they were not like people picked them to win like eight games. You know, we to go back to some of the things about, you know, and I'm not saying Paul said this, but about Penn State, but like, you know, what were they? They were over under was like eight and a half wins last year or something like that in yeah, a lot like, of places. Well, 11 and two, right? Yeah. With a Rose Bowl win. And to win the Rose Bowl, right. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I will take a Big Ten championship in 2016 where we got screwed out of playing well, and, in the, and here in you the, go. the playoff. We, because of the unequal divisions is the only reason Penn State hasn't been to the Big Ten championship more. Right. If Penn State was in the Big Ten West, they, they arguably would have been to the – or if Ohio State and Michigan were in the West and we were in the East, we arguably would have been to the Big Ten championship probably – two or three more times easily. Right. You know, like, so that's just kind of the way it is for, for many of the last really probably since 2016, there's a case can be made more often than not that Penn state was the second best team in the big 10. Yeah. But couldn't finish any higher than third. Just the way the schedule broke out right. and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, th- that math not may not make sense now that I'm saying. So maybe, it. so maybe the realignment might uh, help us out a little bit. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But I, I, mo- almost any of the any of the past, or Penn State will continue to start their Big Ten schedule on the road every single year. Yeah, well, I mean, that's already happened for the last what eleven years. <laughs> so something crazy, something ridiculous like that. So oh, I mean, gosh. we certainly we have the time. So I'm I can just pull up. Pull up these schedules and let's, let's start with Penn State in 2016 because that that year got off to a, a rough start. Uh, 2016 started very very poorly. Uh, whenever you lose to Pitt, things are not okay. Yeah. And I remember uh, that was probably honestly the lowest point for me during the Franklin well, what, tenure. What what stunk in that spot was they were coming on strong. And young McSorley threw an ill-advised deep pass that he didn't need to throw because they were already, like, pushing field goal range, and that was it. Yeah, so uh, that 2016 started with a 33-13 win over Kent State, then went to Pitt the next week, lost 42-39 at Heinz Field. So that really, really sucked. (laughs) Then beat Temple the next week by a touchdown. Uh, before getting absolutely destroyed by number four Michigan, forty nine to ten. When we lost what five linebackers in that game too? Yes. <laughs> so 
that was awful. <laughs> no, no one had a good time. Uh, but then the next week was that overtime win against Minnesota, twenty-nine to twenty-six, which turned the season around. Yeah, because not then, a strong start for us against Rice, by the way. Then Penn State went out and beat Maryland thirty-eight to fourteen before shocking Ohio State in a game that I turned off and oh. went to bed because I was so frustrated. That was. That was which you could do because you were there. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. That was so much fun. That was that was one of the most fun games because, like, they're just hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. Well, and since I know my dad's listening, he will. He tells everyone that he called me and woke me up because <laughs> I, I he knew that I was mad, right? And and I went to bed. I was frustrated. I was like, we're just gonna lose to Ohio State again. And he called me, and I got to watch the the rest of that game. He's like, they're going to do it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, then they were able to go to uh, beat Purdue the next week, 62-24. to 24. Um, They beat uh, Iowa, which we love to do, in, at Indiana, at Rutgers, Michigan State, and then finally Big Ten Championship against Wisconsin, uh, which my dad was at. <laughs> That's awesome. So... And then, unfortunately, that shootout of a Rose Bowl. I was pretty mad during that game too, because it's like, how can we not stop? Right. Right. And I, I Sam Darnold. Well, and I, I said this over and over, like for a few years, not for a couple years, but like I love Brent Pry, and we had good defenses, but like in our biggest games, at biggest moments, the defense disappeared at times. The Ohio State game, I think, the next year, twenty seventeen. Oh yeah, when, we'll get to that. Like. You know, it, the Rose Bowl, that Rose Bowl, and uh, specifically, defense disappeared. Well, we scored. What did we? What was the score of that Rose Bowl? Do you have it up still? Forty-nine. Right, we scored forty-nine points and lost the Rose Bowl. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, oh my gosh! Did you just was, see that yes, block? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wow, ridiculous. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, 2016, though, ended up, you know, imagine what could have ha- could have been if they beat Pitt. Right. If they would have been in the playoff. Now, I know that's revisionist history. You don't know that the rest of the season. Maybe they wouldn't have beat Ohio State. But right. But if you flip that one game and Penn State beats Pitt. Well, then it becomes really interesting because, like, they were able to write off Penn State because of the two losses and the blowout loss to Michigan. But if the only loss is the blowout loss to Michigan – you know what I mean? Like right. that, that becomes really be- interesting. Uh, what do you do? Uh, so fast forward to 2017 now. And, uh, you know, there was so much coming back. There were so many high expectations. They started right. the season ranked sixth and got all the way up to number two when they beat Michigan 42 to 13. Which was setting a, up that huge so much with fun. Ohio State. That game was so much fun. The Michigan game? Yes. Um, so they had to go to Ohio to play Ohio State, and I believe they had a lead in the fourth quarter before yeah. – and actually a double-digit lead yes. in the fourth quarter. Yes, And before losing 39 And they got super conservative on offense, and the defense and the couldn't defense get a stop. the defense couldn't stop anyone. Right. What was the score you said? 39-38. Right. You scored 38 points in the horseshoe. And so I know the offense didn't do a whole lot in the second. You scored 38 points in the horseshoe. You've got to win that game. And then the one that bothers me more than that yep. is the next week at Michigan State. Was this yes. the rain one? That was the four-hour rain delay, yep. So they're, they're, they're ranked number seven. They're, host, or they're at number 24, Michigan State. There's a huge rain delay. 
that pushes things out of whack, but they lose this game 27-24. Yep. And that one was, to me, worse than the Ohio State No, game. absolutely. Because, like, while we should have beat Ohio State, it's hard to argue that we were, like, better than Ohio State. I mean, if you win, you can make that argument, but, like, we didn't win, you know, like, whatever. I, I'm not, still not convinced we weren't better than that Michigan State team. That oh, Michigan yeah. State team wasn't that good. No. So then Penn State rips off wins against Rutgers, Nebraska, at Maryland, and finally a uh, a Fiesta Bowl win against Washington. Right. Right. It's just uh, it's so frustrating because it's one of those what could have been. Yep. You know? Oh, my gosh. Throw the ball to him. So – 2016 still fell, even with the Rose Bowl loss and the loss to Pitt earlier in the year, I still was like happy with 2016. 2017, yeah. I was not because I felt like we right. blew our chance at Ohio State, Yep, a game we should have won, and then we had no business losing to that Michigan State game. Right. But high expectations. Right. You know, we finished the season 12-2 and with a Fiesta Bowl win, and I'm mad about it. Right, exactly. So I'll, I'll take that. But then 2018 rolls around. We're like, oh, there's a little bit of a, a reloading here. But again, they got hit with this like midseason slump after yep. choking up a lead to Ohio State, a second straight one point loss yep. to the Buckeyes. And I think that's where a lot of people got on the uh, the, the James Franklin elite thing that had been mentioned previously. Is they're like, well, are you ever going to be able to beat them? You know, you did it once. Great job. You got to be able to do it multiple times and consistently. So they started 4 0. They squeaked by in the season opener with an OT win against Appalachian State. They destroyed Pittsburgh and Kent State and Illinois before losing by a point to Ohio State at Beaver Stadium, no less. And then the next week, you host an unranked Michigan State team and lose to them 21 17. Yep. So you were at both those games, I'm guessing. Yeah, that was infuriating infuriating again the ohio state one was infuriating because you had a shot but i i didn't feel like we were better that year but then you look at that um michigan state one oh my gosh that was so bad yeah that one ranks up there with the worst so there the there's also era. i can distinctly remember in that game there was a moment where we were up but they they were coming on strong and there's a drive and we hit the quarterback Right, and let's just—I don't know what yard line it was, but let's just say they were Michigan State's at their own thirty-five. Right, we hit the quarterback at like the thirty, and he's—he's he's in his throwing motion, but the ball goes out of bounds at like the twenty-five. Okay, and again, I'm—I'm I'm making up those numbers as like right. to prove a point. So the ball went backwards on his throw, right? And they were like, "Well, no, it wasn't a fumble because it was a throwing motion." Yes. But it went backwards. Right. So it doesn't matter whether he threw it overhand or underhand or whatever. It was a throwing motion. Or like it went backwards. You know what I mean? And it wasn't deflected backwards. It just straight up, he threw it backwards. And they're like, no, it it was throwing motion, so it's incomplete. So, and, and I think it was like, it might have been a third down or something. Like, so instead of, there we go. Go, 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 go. Go, Lester. Yeah. So instead of it being, you know, instead of like getting him them in a third and long or fourth and long or something, we, they end up converting on the next play. And like, it was just one of those things where you're like, I think they got that wrong. Like, I, I don't. And if not, that's a stupid rule. 
So are you saying we should have an episode dedicated to Big Ten referees? Oh, gosh. I'm sure it was John O'Neill. <laughs> oh, there he would be on there. He'd be all of the top five. Uh, making up where the goal line is at Nebraska. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's re- relive those memories. Yeah. Our replay just isn't working for other things, like when the ball bounces off the ground. Oh, man. This took a downhill turn. Really yeah, quickly. now we're just here. Let's relive some more. So <laughs> in the 2018 season, after those back-to-back losses, Penn State beats Indiana and Iowa before getting obliterated once again in Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor by Michigan. I remember this one happened, I believe, on the uh, – baby shower for my sister for, for when she was having Logan. Cause I just remember like being like, that's it. Turn it off. This is the worst day. This is the worst day of my life. Um, now they, Uh, they, they won the next three weeks. They beat Wisconsin Rutgers and Maryland. And then they lost to Kentucky, which in the citrus bowl, right. Uh, which was disappointing, but like I think a bunch of guys had been injured, or yeah, they and a bunch of guys were opting and out didn't and didn't play. Yep. That, so that was frustrating because I I, I didn't much like we'll see in a Benny few years Snell from now tore us apart in that game against Arkansas. I, I I feel like we could have easily hung with Kentucky more than we showed. Uh, so that was a disappointment because no matter the bowl, you still want to end the season on a yes. high note. It, it can sometimes be a catapult for the next season. And 2019 turned out to be a, a really good season. Uh, I mean, the team climbed up as high as number four um, with big, big wins against Idaho, Buffalo, uh, squeaked by Pittsburgh. I've still won, but should have beat them by more. Destroyed Maryland. That was at the Friday night game. I think it was. 59 nothing. Um, same thing, beat up on Purdue. Um the thriller at Kinnick uh, was that Jawan Johnson that year. Yes. Was that th- yes. Seventeen to twelve, last second touchdown catch uh, in Iowa, which just I mean, outside of Ohio State and Michigan, I probably hate Iowa the most. Next, I can't even count Maryland and Rutgers. They just are always going to be most hated. But in terms of good teams, because Maryland and Rutgers suck, uh, so <laughs> so does Temple, um, so does Pitt. Uh, I'm just going to just air my grievances right now for anyone and everyone. Uh, I I was right there next, and that's what happened in 2021 with how ridiculous uh, they were, uh, their fans and their coaching staff about what they think Penn Staters were faking injuries. A lot of those same fans uh, didn't have that same energy with Spencer Lee. I'm funny how that happened. <laughs> um, but then uh, beat Michigan 28-21. Uh, college game day was there, so Penn State beat number seven, beat number sixteen Michigan. Um, able to get a win at Michigan state. I think everyone was really concerned about that game. Well, it was the week after that sucked the most November 9th at Minnesota, uh, losing 31 to 26. The defense was awful that day. It was, but they also got called for pass interference when, or there wasn't pass interference called on Minnesota when they tackled the guy before the ball was there. (laughs) Uh, the Penn state got a win at Indiana the next week or against Indiana the next week before, Having a showdown with number two Ohio State in Ohio and just couldn't – I mean, they hung around but couldn't do enough. Lost 28-17. Finished the season with a win at Rutgers and then got to go to the Cotton Bowl and beat uh, number 17 Memphis 53-39. Yeah, and again, it was kind of shaping up to – you know, we, we had some young guys who were really kind of starting to step up there. Second part of that season, um, it was – it's going to be interesting to see how it kind of went forward. And then 
it got crazy in a hurry. Yeah, things um, got crazy. So I, I hope everyone's enjoying this Penn State retrospective we're going on here uh, <laughs> as we try to fill airtime with uh, the segment that I know my uh, dad and Uncle Rich love was us playing college football. Um, but, you know, oh, gosh. <laughs> he just got leveled. But then we get to 2020. There wasn't going to be a season. Then there was an abbreviated season. You had people opting out. Right. And you already mentioned earlier this show, Justin, Penn State season got off to a rough start yep. in Bloomington against Indiana. Right. An upstart Indiana team. Right. And they got one of the worst Big Ten. You know, we're talking about Big Ten refs. Yes. One of the worst calls I've ever seen. Right. Is still that overtime two-point play. Right. Because – the physics of the situation don't work. Right. If you have half a brain, you should be right. able to understand and, and it's that, not, that the it's ball not was e- down. Right. It's not even a, well, you can't see the ball. You know, it's not like one of those scrums in, in the, you know, you see where it's like, well, we couldn't see the ball. Oh, my where, gosh. You know, so no it, it's, it's not that. And so, yeah, that was just awful. That was really, really bad. Yes, that was awful. And again, that was the day of a uh, birthday party for my son. Um, so it was just wonderful. Now, yeah. thankfully, the party had ended before. <laughs> well, that, that was one of those. That was a situation that led to me. We had this discussion with Andy two weeks ago. We had it a few weeks back just between us about not overreacting to our sports teams doing something stupid. Right. And that Penn State won in 2020 against Indiana because it honestly – Obviously, Penn State could have played better to not have themselves in that oh, situation. One hundred percent. But it's those things that are like out of Penn State's hand, out of the players and coaches' hands that drive me absolutely nuts. So it's also one of those things where, like, I I hesitate to be like, "Oh, the refs cost you a game," because, like you said, there were a million things Penn State could have done a hundred percent better than they like did that not game. Not give up a touchdown in the final sixty seconds. Right. However, I took a timeout to try and get it back here. All right. Um, But it doesn't like you can also you you can say that and then you can also say the refs blew that call which cost them two points and they lost by one with with the, it would have ended the game. Right, it was literally the final play. Right, of the so game. like a a call can cost you the game with you also playing poorly. You know, like it, it, both things can be true. Um, right, and and that's how I feel about that. And, and again, they they should have played much better. They did not. Well, then, um, I mean, I just then, remember, I remember just punching the ground, being yes. so angry, yelling, leaving the room for five minutes and composing myself and just moving on because right. we were still in the middle of the pandemic. Right. So like there was right. not a lot of great stuff happening at all. Right. Uh, nice, nice, nice. It's awesome. You told him he needs to throw it when he does. It works out well. Yeah. So um, the next week. Yeah. And then they, it was Maryland, they lost, right? No, they lost to Ohio State. Oh, is that week two? At, yeah, at home. And they lost by 13. It was not that close. They were getting the doors blown off of them. Um, that's just kind of the way it went. The Do you next want me to try to get to halftime and then start the second half? Yeah, that's fine. The next week, they lost to Maryland by 16. They looked awful in that game. Maryland just ran the same play over and over and over again, and we couldn't stop it. Um and then they lost to Nebraska, twenty three thirty. They showed some life in that game. They did not play well, but they showed some life. 
And you're like, oh, maybe they're starting to crawl out of it, even though they're 0-4 at right. that point. Um, then they get the doors blown off them by Iowa, 41-21. And you're like, well, maybe they weren't showing life. No, and then they win four in a row. Yeah, so they're 0-5, and, and then they beat Michigan 27-17. They beat Rutgers 23-7. It was ugly, but it was a win. They beat Michigan State 39-24, and they beat Illinois 56-21. You know, so like... No, come on. It was, it was bad, but like at the same time, you're just like, okay, like they, they got some positive momentum there. Um, based on the things like that had happened that season, you're like, oh man, they, they've got this really set up for the next year. Well, and um, it's, it went that way. Though they that? opted out of a bowl too. They could have gone to right, a bowl. Right, they had, they had qualified for a bowl based on the pandemic qualifications and they just voted to end it. And again, there were a lot of deeper things there too. Like Franklin had to live away from his yeah, family. didn't see his family. Uh, because of his daughter having sickle cell, sickle cell and being, you know, he had to be extra careful around her and, and just all those things. Um, yeah, just, oh my gosh. Like, it's it's just absolutely crazy. Um, so, like, I give that out. season a pass yeah, for oh everyone, yeah. nope. for anything. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what the heck? 2021, though, was, like, the opposite. Like, so 2020 started off on ended okay. Right. Oh and then, gosh. so we go 2021. Started awesome. What were they, 6-0? and Right. So they, they start at Wisconsin, right? And they get that close game where they got the they got the pick to seal it. Like, awesome. Great start. Um, then, yeah. I had to make sure because I'm like, wait, is that right? And then they beat the doors off Ball State at the home opener. Beat Auburn, ranked Auburn. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Um, they beat Auburn in in a that was a fun one. Um, that was just a cool game, and and you know they, they were able to have some success there and, and beat them. Uh, they beat Villanova, um, not beat that, the doors that off that them. That was a but, rough game, right? But then they beat Indiana in a revenge game, twenty four nothing. Again, it wasn't great, but you know they won twenty four nothing. We were kind of both hoping for more like forty eight nothing, but. Hey, you you post a shutout in the Big Ten. That's that's yeah, a we'll positive take it, thing. We'll take it. Especially because Indiana had been trending up. But then the wheels fell off on October 9th. Yeah, well, at Iowa. They're 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 on their way to a blowout win against Iowa. Yeah. In they Iowa were, City. What up? 17 nothing? Um, I I'm not exactly I, I think it was maybe gonna be it was like 17-7, but they were driving for another score. Like they and- were driving. And Clifford got drilled in the and in the Clifford ribs. got drilled in the ribs, and the team was never the same. So they lose to Iowa twenty to twenty three. Still should have won that game, but still could have won that right. game. Right again, there are lots of things that happen. Well, Cliff, see, and that's another but, one that people put on Franklin and the staff not having someone ready to go. Right. Yeah, that's just rough with the transfer portal kind of becoming a thing. Right. Relatively, and the pandemic season the year before, so you didn't get the games where you would have put the guy in. You know, like. What what are you supposed to do? And there were also a ton of other injuries in that game, like you said. PJ Mustafer went lost out for the season, right? Like all but kinds of stuff. He was faking stuff. though. He was the one that they, he was yeah. faking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just he tore his ACL. He was faking a torn ACL. What? Oh my god! But like we said, that loss was was no fun, right? No fun. No, that but, was awful. Okay. The problem is, 
You let it you, linger. You had a bye, and they came out of the bye, and they lose to Illinois. In, at, like, nine overtimes. At home in nine overtimes. That was another one of those where I just threw my hands up in the air. I was yes. like, I can't let this impact the rest of my And then they day. go and play Ohio State respectable, but lose by nine. So now they've lost three in a row. Right. They were They're, six and oh. They, they rebound and beat Maryland, which was fun. Always good to beat them. Then they lose to Michigan by four in a game they should have won. <sighs> um, they played terrible. They finish by beating Rutgers 28-0, and then they lose to Michigan State 27-30. See, yeah, that's the... Right. And it was just such a downer of a year. Such a downer of a year. And that leads us to last year, and we, we've talked about last year. And Right, well, like, and then also... Much better. You, There was not a single part of me that was like, I don't want Sean Clifford back. No. Like, no. I know there were a lot of people that thought he needed to move on right after five years with the team already. And he shouldn't take that sixth year of eligibility, but man, I think about how special last year was. I'm super glad that he took that sixth year of eligibility, but both for him personally and for the team. Yeah. Because as special as I think drew Aller can be, and I hope he is <laughs> right like oh yeah, oops! I didn't transition the game over. That's but at the same, bad. but at the same time, I missed all my good runs there. That team does not do the things they did this past year if Clifford's not the quarterback, right? And I know that again. That's another one of those flashpoints for Penn State fans. But I, in my opinion, that's the. I guess that's an oxymoron. In my opinion, that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll go with it. We'll yeah. go with it. I I want to get that. I want to get that on a shirt. In my opinion, that's the truth. In my opinion, that's the truth. No, that's going to be taken by way too many uh, people that we don't want that to be taken. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we're going to take a hard left now and steer away from uh, those discussions on the show, right? Yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. We've mentioned this. I'm optimistic about Penn State this year. I don't don't know that they're a top four team in the country. Yeah. I'd love to see them compete for the, you know, to be in that top two of the Big Ten, like legitimately, you know, like they they've got Michigan at Penn State this year, correct? Yeah, yeah. you want to make some noise, you beat Michigan, right? You got to so like, go to Ohio State though, right? Right, but like, see, but they have they have reason. Michigan at Penn State, so I give us a chance, like I give us a chance when we play at home, right? But for it just seems for some reason, Penn State. Struggles more with Michigan, even though Ohio State is the better team. Well, Penn State just has Ohio State. It's number. that matchup. It's that matchup, man. I, I it's it's mean, a bad matchup. We we have the better matchup to compete with Ohio State than we do Michigan in terms of that just straight up bully run 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 it right at you, which is where we're going to need to D line to be good. But you know where we have to make it like pay is we need to be able to. They do what we when we're on offense, we need to dictate what we want to do, and we weren't able to do that last year. Um, but you hope the offensive line kind of comes together. Um, you see, uh, that like top 100 recruit from Georgia is in the transfer portal. Oh man, now I feel like the odds of him coming to Penn State are small, but if he's looking for playing time, Penn State can give it to him because defensive tackle is one of the yeah. One of the places they're looking for upgrade, just right. more bodies, especially well, man, more bigger again, bodies. Again, and I know 
you got to make that call, right? If you're Penn State, because oh, yeah. you, you got to like, he's probably not leaving there to come up north. But like, if he does, like, man, like, look, what man, look huge. at these, look at these D linemen we've been putting in the pros. You know, like, look at these guys. Yeah, you can come and, here, come and be the thing that puts us over the top, right? With, at the position and as a defense as a whole, right? So yeah, it could be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I saw that just posted the other day, so. It'll be interesting, but oh, nice move. Um, yeah, so we'll see. It's exciting. Spring ball just concluded for Penn State. Um, yeah, did you hear much from Blue and White? I mean, I know it's no, tough they, to take. They said wrong, it wasn't much. You I know, read Audrey's recap, right? But um, I the biggest thing I took away was they said Franklin said we came out. With no more injuries no than we injuries. went into yeah, like yeah. the thing, which is what you exactly Thankfully. what you want, right? Yeah, that's what you want for um, sure. And that's been an issue the last few years for Penn State too. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll see. Um, keep and they got a couple more commitments this weekend, including local boy Caleb yep. Brewer. So uh, another why missing player, hey, Caleb Brewer. Joining my immediate the- thought was awesome. My second thought was we're speaking into it into existence that we get Audrey to come down here to do a, yes, a, a, yes, there you go. A, a, a yeah, show or not an only, article on, on why missing. So and Javen Williams, Caleb Brewer, why Joey missing in Berks County. We're not, we're not and, just and, focusing there, but why well, and missing, Trace Brown from Berks right. Catholic. Yes. Yes. Four Berks kids up there uh, as young, young players are right. going up there soon. Yeah. So maybe we will be able to get Audrey on the show. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, she would be an awesome get for for a show. Oh, to oh, oh! I I think I sent this to you last week. Um, at our like family Easter gathering, there's like a a game where there's like a jar full of like jelly beans, and oh, yes, and yes. you guess how we many did. are in there. And I guessed four oh nine, and I won. <laughs> it was four sixteen. It was not four oh nine, but it was four sixteen. But you it's the closest. closest without going over, and I was the closest. Yes, <laughs> you love to see it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I appreciate that. That was a. That was a good. That was a good get. That was a good text to get. I enjoyed that uh, immensely. So, uh, well, we're wrapping up here. We're in the fourth quarter of this game, so we're gonna hop off here real soon. Just trying to run the clock uh, so we can get out of here. But it was fun talking uh, Phillies baseball and Penn State football. And uh, I, I mean, I guess we can finish this out by just looking ahead to 2023 uh, and just look at the games. And we kind of talked about this two weeks ago with yeah uh, Andy. And I know you and I have talked about it many times. I've talked about it with my dad a bunch. What are our expectations from this okay. team? So, and I just kind of want to look at it game by game, and and you know, win loss. Here we go. Like underrated, uh, I team to watch. You know, whatever I, you want to. I think me. I think the first game is is a big one. West Virginia. I don't think it's going to be the cakewalk that I would honestly. I know people hate those, but. You don't get a scrimmage. You don't get preseason games in NFL or in college like you do in the NFL. So I think that's going to be a bit of a test, but I think Penn State should. I don't. I know Penn State should beat West Virginia, but you have a freshman quarterback, man. Right. Well, well not, not really. You, you have you have a sophomore quarterback. Who hasn't started a game yet? Has played in some games and played right. in a meaningful game at the beginning of the year last year yeah. when Clifford went out with an injury, but and, and held his own, you know. Yeah. Like, but you know, uh, from all reports from Blue and White, he looked like a a guy who hadn't played in a lot of games. Now, there's you, you, there's not a lot of playbook happening. You're playing against guys that know you really well. 
So I honestly don't think it's anything to panic about because he rebounded after an ugly early start to to look pretty good overall. But while they have the running backs and and looks to be a line together again, the wide receivers are a question mark. Yeah. So they're hoping Keandre Lambert Smith is the guy with uh, Harrison Wallace. Apparently, Amari Evans has looked pretty good. Yeah, he got, a big day he got, yesterday. He got reamed out. I guess he had a little too much of a celebration yeah. after his t- 28-yard touchdown toss from Aller to him. Uh, and he had to do, I think, up down, <laughs> up-downs as a result. I think it was just to teach him you can't showboat at all. Because I don't even think what he did was that awful. That would have guaranteed a flag. But apparently, Franklin and the staff don't want anything about that. And apparently, some of the player leaders, too, player captains, got in his face, too, to tell well, him. And and that's one of those where I know there were some people who were like, oh, you know, like, whatever, all that stuff. And I'm like, you don't know, like, what's been said or what happened. Like, you don't know. That may have been something they've talked about. You well, know, and to like- his credit, he owned up to it and was like, I guess I'll never do that again. And there, <laughs> that's exactly what you want to hear. I don't want you to do it again. If there's a chance that you could get flagged for it, don't put your team in a bind. Right. For showboating or celebrating. Act like you – that's the one thing I always hear coaches say and I always respect. Act like you've been there before. Like it's it's fine to be excited, but you don't have to do something that could be considered taunting or showing up the opponent. Just be excited. You can be excited without looking like a diva. Right. Well, as we've said earlier, uh, don't leave anything in doubt when dealing with the Big Ten officials. Right. Don't let the refs – or SAC officials who make you punt on third down. So there's always that. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for that. Or call intentional grounding on a ball that, like, oh, my gosh, they were terrible. Here we go. We're going. This is our uh, Big Ten ref uh, episode. Now, we'll be here for another two hours. We're trying to wrap things up. So, yeah, the, the West Virginia start will be interesting. Um, but a game, a game we have to win, right? I mean, without a doubt. Right. So you, you, you need to win that game. Um, all right. So then you you, ha- you host Delaware the next weekend. You, you need to win that. I, I'll be careful in saying that as uh, I took my son to see Delaware take on Navy last year. And Delaware, and, uh, Delaware the Blue Hens won. Um, but, you know, it's not like they were playing Army or anything like that. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> um, so you got to win that one. Then you have to go to... Illinois, um, no slouch. Uh, no Biel- opening B- Big Ten on the road. Right. Yep. Opening Big Ten on the road. Bielum is there, so you know they're going to be. Uh, they were good last year. They were sneaky good yes, last year. Yes. Had a great defense. Yes, the defense was very good. So like your 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 road your first road game and the Big Ten opener is on the road at Illinois. That with a first year starting quarterback. Well, and honestly, it could be a a trap game because the next week you are hosting Iowa. You are home against who Iowa. Who I think they want to just obliterate. I agree. And I think that's going to be the whiteout game. Yeah, I wouldn't um, be surprised. Because of the time of year. Because uh, the Michigan game is in November, I believe, so it can't be a night game. Um, it's going to be interesting because that's going to change, I imagine, with the new media deal, though, wouldn't it? What's that? That you can't have the night games in November because NBC... Or one of those games. I, don't know I thought exactly. that was the whole the whole way the the CBS Fox NBC deal is that they'll each get like games on a Saturday, like you yeah, know, that's like something that won't come into effect until 2024, right? Though, because it like isn't there a tiered approach in 2023 because I, there was so much I think up so. in the air? Like well, each I don't know because 
Because when no, I don't think so. Because when the Big Ten tournament went, no, yeah, no, I guess when the, when the games ended, like they're like, well, that's the last ESPN broadcast for a Big Ten game or something like that, like for a basketball game. Um, so I don't know how that's going to come into play, but you know what I'm referring to, right? Like how yeah, the, yeah, you used yeah. to not be able to have that that play there, um, but that should. So anyway, I still think Iowa may be the the whiteout game. Then you go to Northwestern. They've been down a little bit. I know they had a good year just a couple years ago, um, but you need to win that one. But those trips to to the Midwest, you know, snowy Saturday game. Like, yeah. I know that's September, but like it's, ugh, I, I don't like that. Then you have the bye, and then you come with UMass after the bye, and that's homecoming. And I'm glad we did that. I know people are upset. That's not a bigger game. I don't care. This is about winning. I want Penn State to win. They should beat UMass. Coming off the bye, which has yeah, been should, bad yeah. for us the last few years. Um, so, let's see. It. So, I don't know. I, I, Illinois is is a game. And this is a perfect example. People are going to be like, it's Illinois. They're terrible. Well, yeah, you didn't. How many Illinois games did you watch last year? None? Right. right. And they were good. Zero. Right. They almost won the bad Big Ten West. But, like, Bielema is building there. You know they'll have huge guys on both lines. <laughs> like, right. Oh, yeah. You know um, that for sure. So, yeah. Then, then you have, after that UMass game, you're at Ohio State. Then you have Indiana at Maryland. You host Michigan. You host Rutgers. And then you end at Michigan State. There you go. So, so, it's going mean, to be. I, I would like to be repeat of last year, I would, uh, though. If they're going to lose two games, I, I would prefer them to be to Michigan and Ohio State because I don't want them to beat one of them and then lose to a team they shouldn't have lost. Right. To. Exactly. It's better to lose to the good teams than right. the bad teams because right. that's so much more frustrating. Right. right. Because if they lose to someone like Maryland or Rutgers or right. Michigan State, if they lose to Illinois, Illinois. but but beat. Oh, Michigan at home, but lose to Ohio State close on the road. Like you're left thinking, well, well if we, we would have, if we hadn't lost Illinois, we would have a chance at the playoff. Right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, I'm excited for Penn State football. I, I love the fall. Yeah. Like Wilson, Penn State, NFL, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Can't can't beat it. Going to be awesome. Excited for it to get. Hey, it's already mid April. Believe it or not, we're going to start our NFL preview in a month. So. All, all kinds of it's great crazy. things are happening. Um, so we appreciate you joining us. Sorry it went a little bit long again. I'm not sure what took us so so long. but The first game was. Hey, yeah, it was a trud. But, hey, we're undefeated. We're working towards our that's own right. national right. championship. Can't rush perfection. Exactly. So, uh, But that's it for us this week. Justin, you have anything, any shout-outs before we got to get out of here? Um, not, not that I know of off the top of my head, no. Oh, my uh, Austin's birthday is this week. Oh, yes, yes. Happy early birthday to Austin celebrating in just a few days. And I apologize if, uh, oh, Jack celebrated about a week yeah, ago, right yep. before Easter. So did my cousin Matt. Uh, so happy belated to both of them. Uh, I apologize if there's someone that I'm forgetting in the, uh, the family friend inner circle. Apologies. Oh, tomorrow's Val's birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Val. So there you go. We got it done. So that's it for Joe Mays and JRF Show, episode 377. We will be back next week at this time, uh, 8.30 on April 23rd, episode 378. Don't know what we're talking about. We'll figure something out. The problem for future Joe. But we got uh, two more games of NCAA football 14 to play. Uh, but until next time, for Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening.
That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show, brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your email to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and J-Raff Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time...